Hi, it's Michael Anthony, and welcome to Meat News Live. We're keeping an eye on today's news affecting meat and animal-based lifestyles. Uh, you can find all my links at themeatofit.com, and I thank you so much for liking and subscribing. Uh, I think we should go straight into the headlines that I have for you today, because I always go longer than, <laughs> much longer than I expect to. Now, we're starting with a <clears throat> so, uh, what they're calling a a super study or a mega study. I don't. Know, different sources are reporting on this. It seems to be a big n- bit of news today. Uh, there's a new Oxford University study claiming that eating red and processed meat raises risk of heart disease by a fifth. Now, um, well, now it's processed meat that they're saying raises heart disease. Uh, risk by a fifth. Red meat is a little less so, but it's still in. I mean, other places are reporting this same um, report. I mean, they're 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 reporting this as something against red meat, more specifically, especially CNN. I don't know. Maybe I should be comparing these live, but I wanted to try to keep this simple, and I think that this one really covers everything that uh, needs to be covered. So, what they say here is eating processed meat raises risk of heart disease by a fifth. Um, not that I'm necessarily pro-processed meat. I wouldn't expect processed meat to be that much better uh, for us. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's it's not the worst always. It depends on how it's processed, pretty much. But, I mean, like, they're actually... Warning against bacon. I think bacon's good for you, but let's actually get into this. I am already commenting, and I haven't even started reading. So, uh, thanks to everyone who's joined me already. Now, so it's Oxford University researchers urge people to reduce consumption by three quarters or give it up. And here, of course, we have a photograph of bacon, which looks delicious to me. I mean, it's not the best photograph, but bacon's delicious, and we know that. Uh, The caption says, Bacon, ham, and sausages increased the heart disease risk, but chicken and turkey did not. Hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) They're they're locking me out. I was able to read this earlier. Okay, I guess I'll have to look this uh, story up again. (laughs) Sorry. Um, But hey, that's no big deal. Okay, so New Oxford Heart Disease Meat Study. And here it is. Uh, I don't usually use Bing, but I'm using a different browser. So, um, all right, sure, let's look at Bing News. The top story says, Eating red and processed meat increases risk of heart disease, new study finds. So, that's the top one. And it's, yeah, looks like the most recent one. So, let's just check it out. Uh, okay. Hopefully I can read that without, oh, there's so many things popping up. Anyway, (laughs) eating red and processed meat increases risk of heart disease, new study finds. We know this is nonsense. We know that meat has healed our hearts. I mean, I just have to say that up up front is that meat has healed my heart. It has healed so many hearts. Red meat, I was (laughs) trying to say fatty, but fatty red meat has saved our hearts. So this is absurd, but we have to listen to at least what they have to say. 
The impact of red and processed meat on our risk of heart disease has been up for debate for decades. It's another uh, showing uh, another. Here's a photograph of sausages and hams, and it says processed meat has been linked to health problems. Nah, very simplistic and not true. I mean, maybe to a certain degree, processing can be a problem, but not meat. They want to trust me. They're against all meat. All right. <laughs> Finally, reading an article here. Eating red and processed. Oh, this is by uh, Josh Barry, by the way, and it's from today. This afternoon, eating red and processed meat has been linked to an increased risk of heart disease. A new scientific review has concluded. No, that doesn't mean it's true. It just means that they've com- concluded this. Researchers from the University of Oxford's Nuffield Department of Population Health have carried out the biggest review of all large-scale studies on the subject to date. Experts examined 13 studies on the issue involving, so this is what a meta study, right? Or a meta analysis. Um, but experts examined 13 studies on the issue involving more than 1.4 million people and have said they believe eating red and processed, they believe eating red and processed meat will increase the risk of contracting heart disease. It is not the first time red and processed meat have been linked to health difficulties, the likes of beef, lamb, and pork. While all good sources of protein, vitamins, and minerals have already been linked to bowel cancer. Oh, that's that's terrifying, considering I'm going to have beef for dinner tonight, and um, for dinner last night, I or yesterday, I because <laughs> I'm so nocturnal, I usually eat uh, my dinner at dawn, but my dinner was um, lamb and pork mixed together, and it was so delicious. It was like, it, it honestly, all I did was add a little sea salt, and it tasted like it was touched with honey and spices. It was amazing. I loved it. The mo- one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten. <laughs> and they're telling me it's bad for my heart. But, uh, anyway, um, and, and my bowels, too. No. Look, I, this is all nonsense. Previous studies have also claimed processed meats such as bacon, sausages, and cured products such as salami might raise the risk of cancer, which has led health officials advising people to cut down. In the latest research, all participants completed detailed dietary assessments. Okay. They... Uh, dietary assessments. It sounds like, I mean, look, there's no way of pr- actually proving what people were eating throughout this period. But anyway, going with their data here, um, and their health was tracked for up to 30 years. Uh, the studies, let me sorry, the results published in the journal uh, Critical Reviews in Food and uh, Science and Nutrition. <sighs> These word salads just really are tiresome. Found that for every 50 grams per day intake of processed meat, the risk of coronary heart disease rose by 18%. That sounds completely impossible to me, but eh, who knows? Okay, Dr. Karen uh, Papier, looks like how you pronounce that, I guess, co-lead author of the study... Uh, said, red and processed meat have been consistently linked 
with bowel cancer linked being there they haven't proven anything they they're trying to create associations or finding associations uh they claim and our findings suggest an additional role in heart disease therefore current recommendations to limit red and processed meat consumption may also assist with the prevention of coronary heart disease may they're not saying it will they always say this may also assist and it's not even true look they come out and say some things that are outright lies so they can't even come out and say that this is the case but they they will come out and say that um vegetable oils are better for your heart than butter they will claim that right away but um they'll even claim yeah cutting out red meats better for you but when you look into it you'll see that they recommend this and they uh, believe that and they uh this may may assist with this or that and they're all it's all very vague language because they don't really have any proof because they haven't proven anything meat is good for you it's good for your heart and processed meat while it's not as good for us uh it's still better for us than processed anything else i would think <laughs> depending on how it's processed of course but still bacon <laughs> it's so good for you even though i i don't i can't eat bacon because uh it does seem to trigger migraines in me uh for whatever reason but i've eaten bacon over the years with very few problems and it doesn't give me a migraine every time and it's helped so many people it's helped their hearts it's helped their overall health i know i feel usually better after i eat bacon unless i get the migraine which is be- probably because of just some extra sensitivity because i d- damaged my body so much over the years but to claim that bacon is harmful is absurd it's maybe uh bacon on uh white toast or whatever other abomination or, or whatever um, mcdonald's sandwich which is probably they're probably counting the mcdonald's sandwich which i would not because you know you're not going to McDonald's and just eating the bacon. I have done that, but um not many people have. Let's let's just face it. So, there I mean these these are all based on mixed diets. So many confounding variables. And and it's all based on reporting. Reporting and and dietary assessments. What the hell is that? So this is all very half-assed and I don't think that um they've done anything here this just another it uh, looks like a study of studies so that they uh, um, i think that's called a meta-analysis and so they're analyzing previous studies or whatever it is they're doing it's nothing new and they're just publishing new propaganda pretty much they're doing this to publish new propaganda and that they have The NHS already recommends that people who eat more than 90 grams cooked weight of red and processed meat per day I definitely do that uh, c- uh cut down to 70 grams or less to reduce their risk of bowel cancer absurd uh in pounds that is <laughs> 90 90 grams is under two-tenths uh, of uh, or under one-fifth of a pound 
I eat more than two pounds most days of red meat, fatty red meat. They must be terrified for me, terrified, and yet I'm doing better and better. This is so absurd. Um, all right, I couldn't read that one. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you see it here for yourself. Their claims that, um, let's see. Let's, yeah, let's get through the rest of this. See how absurd it gets. Uh, so three thin cut slices of roast lamb, beef, or pork each about the size of half a slice of sliced bread. <laughs> that That's their reference point, because that's what they want you to eat. You know, bread, wheat. Oh, do you have any idea how harmful wheat can be? And I think just is. But anyway, there's their reference. Uh, weigh 90 grams. Okay, so that's three thin-cut slices. While two standard sausages and two thin-cut rashers of bacon are about 130 grams. Okay, so they're warning you that you're already exceeding their recommendation. Oh no. A quarter-pound beef burger weighs about 80 grams, while one rasher of bacon... I, I think that means strip, or... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, this is a... Is this a British... Uh, yeah, it's the uh, inews.co.uk. Um, so that's about uh, 21 grams, and three slices of ham is about 70 grams. The Oxford researchers suggested their findings could be down to the high saturated fat content of red meat. The saturated fat is the good part. That's the good stuff. Not to mention there are the other fats, but saturated fat is a good thing, and they're trying to say it's a bad thing. Um and how much salt is used in processed meat. Now, they might not be using the best salt. I'll admit that, but, I mean, I'm sure they'd be damning it if it were sea salt. In any case, high intakes of saturated fat increase levels of harmful, low-density lipoprotein cholesterol. Complete nonsense. This here is an example of an outright lie. While excess salt consumption raises blood pressure. Yeah, no. I, I haven't done all my salt research yet, but um, everyone's recommending the book The Salt Fix. And th there's so much coming out against all this uh, fear-mongering around salt. So we know better. And I've been eating salt very freely and, and doing better and better. Both are already well known to contribute to heart disease, <laughs> they say. Victoria Taylor, another lie, I mean, need I say it? Uh, Victoria Taylor from the British Heart Foundation said, The impact of red and processed meat on our risk of heart disease has been up for debate for decades. This review supports existing recommendations, <laughs> that's what they want, to reduce consumption of red and processed meat to help lower our risk. Oh, thank you, Victoria. Can I call you Vicky? This doesn't mean that you have to give up red and processed meat altogether. A healthy diet isn't dependent on single foods or nutrients. What? I, I mean, maybe not single nutrients, but single foods. I beg to differ. I, I eat a single food all the time. Meat 
end <laughs> eating just meat pretty much. I mean, I sure I had a couple of things here and there. I'll have an oyster. I'll have I had some oysters I did recently, uh, but uh, still I'm eating meat. I'm eating animals. It's not they they they're trying to okay, here here's what they want want you to do. Consider your diet as a whole to get the balance right. The Mediterranean diet is linked to a lower risk of heart disease and includes only small amounts of red and processed meat. Focusing more on plant-based proteins such as lentils, nuts, and seeds, and fish, as well as including plenty of fruit, vegetables, and whole grains. Kiss my tuchus. This is ridiculous. But that's what they're claiming that's... I gave so many comments along the way. I can't imagine what else I would say, except it's a shame that yet another study is being pushed to demonize meat. And they haven't proven anything. They're just, they're digging through, I think it looks like they're digging through previous studies to just try to support what they already recommended. And they're going from recommending it to demanding it, mind you, because, well, there's, of course, the push for, um, you know, okay, this one didn't get into it. The the one that I wanted to show you had more to do with, uh, or at least mentioned, climate change along with human health. So that's usually what they do with this, is they try to tie in climate change along with the uh yeah, the health scare, the human health scare. I'm surprised they skipped that uh, potential <laughs> um, fear point, but they did. So um, anyway, let's just take a, a peek at the chat. Hi, Richard. Thank you. I am having a good day, a great day. And I hope you're having a great day as well. Hey, Duking Productions. Yeah, I think it is interesting news. I mean, nothing new about it, but interesting that it's being pushed as news. Hi, Jamie. Uh, bacon tastes too salty to me now. Been carnivore almost two months. You know, I haven't had much real regular bacon. Uh, I haven't fried any myself. I've had maybe an occasional couple of strips with, um, say, a Wendy's burger, but um, I don't have those often, so... um. But, hey, you know, yeah, our tastes can change. I have not found any anything pretty much too salty <laughs> since changing over from, a, you know, a sugar metabolism to a fat-based metabolism. I, I think I crave salt more than ever, if anything. But, um, hey, Jamie agrees, too salty. But, hey, that's cool. Hi, James says lentils nuts and beans are uh what am i a bird <laughs> humans need meat that's right we don't need all this uh in fact that reminds me i have to refill my bird feeder i have a yeah i have to put in a new suet cake and some new sunflower seeds for my birds um richard says but smoking still legal yep <laughs> but let's man meat yeah what the F is wrong with this world? I don't know, Richard. But thank you for those comments. I agree. It's crazy. Um, but since there is so often this push about um, 
climate change and trying to tie meat with climate change. I mean, you can go to yesterday's meat news to hear a lot of that. But um, I think it was two days ago I brought up an article from the World Economic Forum. And I know that some of you hate it when I mention them, but um, this is really important, I think. Um, they Now, keep in mind that we're not allowed to disagree with the so-called experts on the pandemic. Uh, but we currently are allowed to disagree openly about um, the climate, although we'll be branded as crazy. And uh, keep in mind that they're really, they, whoever they are, are they're really, really pushing uh, meat and uh, climate change. Okay, so... I'm just going to do a quick search. Let's even go into the news for that. Investigation claims global meat industry using tobacco company tactics to downplay role in driving climate crisis. That's from two days ago. Uh, From yesterday, investigation, how the meat industry is climate washing its polluting business model. Um... Uh, from the hill six hours ago surprising new study finds men cause more climate emissions than women that i didn't see that coming that's great that's great so men are getting worse and worse um men have worse carbon footprint wow it's okay men have a bigger carbon footprint than women due to appetite for meat and cars study shows wow Wow. So many things I can say about this, but I think that uh, it's asking for all kinds of trouble that I don't need to, because I'm I'm already going into some troublesome territory, but I just want you to see. Okay, so here, Beyond Meat CEO, Ethan Brown on a plant-based future, climate change and returning to the office. These are things that we've been covering over the past week or so. Um, UK government report recommends Brits slash meat consumption by 30%. Um uh, to restore public health and fight climate change. It's nuts. It really is. So with that in mind, and keeping in mind how we're currently not allowed to disagree with experts on the pandemic, how COVID-19 might help us win the fight against climate change. This is straight from the World Economic Forum. And it's not new. It is from the end of last March. But this is all relevant because, again, I've been saying they want to pivot from climate, from uh, rather, from uh, COVID to climate change. So, and even mentioning this stuff, I'm getting, I'm putting on, I'm on, I'm on a list. I'm, on, I'm officially on a list. Um, that's, by the way, uh, list, list makers, that's Michael Anthony, all one name. Um, anyway, As the world recovers from COVID-19, I'm trying not to do my Klaus Schwab impression. As the world recovers from COVID-19, we must not let short-term fixes prevent us from addressing longer-term risks like climate change. Uh Uh-huh. I couldn't help it for at least one of these uh, so-called data points or whatever the bullet points. Uh, The response to the pandemic illustrates five actions we can take to address the global climate change crisis. This is the roadmap. 
These include making people the priority. Scary that that these globalists want to make people the priority. Listening to global perspectives, sure, I'm, I'm sure they're very good listeners. And this is the point that I really wanted to make the other night: trusting experts. Okay, the COVID nineteen pandemic has elicited a global response unlike anything we've seen before, from government and business taking on new roles. They love pairing those government and business. I'm sorry, that's fascism. I keep forgetting, right? That's the economic foundation of fascism. I, of course, I don't forget. I'm being very sarcastic there, but it's just infuriating that they, they they're f- celebrating fascism, but calling it new things and saying they're helping the world, saving the world, even. Anyway. From government and business taking on new roles to respond to the crisis, to the complete reorganization of how we work, travel, and socialize, we have witnessed transformational changes that didn't appear possible just weeks ago. Again, this is the end of、uh, March last year. They were really on top of this. They were ready. The human costs of the pandemic. Are horrifying, but the response has largely been characterized. I say the human costs of the lockdowns, the lockdowns, and the other drastic measures are horrifying. But anyway, they say the human costs of the pandemic are horrifying, but the response has largely been characterized by care, compassion, and connection, and an unheard of pace of change. I think people. The people, the actual people, yes, do care and have been trying to take care of each other, but they're under illusions generated by these psychos. What happens over the coming months could go down.、Uh, could go down. Then, yo, it could go down one of two ways. No, no,、uh, could go one of two ways. There is a risk that as the the immediate crisis wanes and its economic consequences become clearer, we cast aside longer term aspirations in pursuit of short term easy fixes, many of which would have adverse environmental consequences. These include rolling back environmental standards, stimulating the economy by subsidizing fossil fuel heavy industries. And focusing on making more things rather than, or making more things rather than using them better. But there is another possibility. While we are reeling in the shock of what is happening around us, this is what they want. Of course, they want us to be reeling in the shock. This is an attack on our very psyches. Anyway. And coming to terms with our new reality, our new reality—they're declaring it. We could seize this moment as a unique window of opportunity to rebuild our society and economy as we want it. I'm sorry, as who wants it? With scientists warning, we have ten years left to avoid. I think that's a different we. Anyway.、Um, Ten years left to avoid the worst consequences of climate change. It's always fear mongering ahead of time. There's always a doomsday clock ticking ahead. In fact, if you go to、um, Union Square in Manhattan, 
there's a doomsday clock there. It's absurd. All that generate this fear. Ah, this could offer an opportunity to fix the climate crisis before it's too late, they say. A number of shifts brought on by the COVID-19 emergency lay the groundwork for the transformation required. 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 Listen to these words. Not suggested, not recommended. Required. They're saying you're going to have to do certain things. You, 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 all of us. Anyway. Here are five actions we <laughs> should take after saying required. Should. We should. Number one, rethink risk. We have known about the risk of a global pandemic for years. Just see Bill Gates declare during a 2015 TED Talk that if anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it is most likely going to, uh, most likely to be a highly infectious virus. We should be concerned, but in fact, we can build a really good response system. So, of course, you know, conspiracy bells ringing, you know, how Bill Gates was looking forward to this, uh, tenting his fingers and, uh, yeah, giving TED Talks. I mean, we don't have to get into that, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, this is, anyway, there are a lot of things I could say about that, and some of you are already thinking some of these things. But um, yet it took an unfolding disaster to prompt governments, businesses, and individuals to act at the scale required. Hmm. Climate change similarly poses a major threat to human lives and urgently requires a comprehensive response, they say. A study, here's another study, guys, published in the medical journal The Lancet, predicts 500,000 adult deaths caused by climate change by 2050. So, uh, here's a little chart here. Uh, mostly in China, India, Vietnam, Bangladesh, and then the U.S., if the pandemic uh, teaches us to acknowledge our vulnerability to high-impact shocks such as pandemics and climate-related disasters, we will be infinitely better placed to prepare for them. Wow. Now, the, by teaching us to acknowledge our vulnerability, I think that what they're saying is if the pandemic has trained uh, 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 homo domesticus, uh, right, domesticated mankind, humankind, um, to fear us, then we can pretty much uh, push any agenda we want and get them all to be in lockstep. I think that's how you uh, interpret that. So, uh, reading their actual words, though, listen to global perspectives. This is their next point. So first, we have to rethink risk. Now we have to listen to global perspectives. The, glo the truly global nature of the COVID-19 crisis is forcing us to re recognize that we are all in this together. How often have you heard that? Some of these phrases, including build back better, you can, just, you can find in materials like this. Because it's all coming from one centralized agenda. For example... China sending help to Italy represents more than just shifts in the geopolitical landscape. It also shows an overcoming of the sense of other and an acknowledgement 
that events in one part of the world can affect us all. People helping other people is now being used, weaponized. The jury is out on whether COVID-19 will prompt the world to choose the route of national isolation or global solidarity. But a growing... Wow. This is the... Again, with their false dichotomies, false choices. But a growing understanding that we are inherently connected to people in vastly different geographies and circumstances can help build momentum for strong climate action. Now, moving on to their next point, make people the top priority. And I'll quote this uh, famous saying again uh, that the scariest uh, words in the English language are, Hi, we're the government and we're here to help. Make people the top priority. The response to COVID-19 has seen the plight of patients, medical staff, and other vulnerable groups skyrocket to the top of the agenda of individuals, businesses, and governments alike. That's a weird sentence. But anyway, uh, many individuals are rearranging their lives to practice social distancing, offering elderly neighbors with help with their chores and volunteering in health facilities and food banks, showing the power that can be unleashed when we are un- united uh, behind a common cause. Yeah, the power that can be unleashed when... You're united behind propaganda, quite frankly. Businesses are redirecting their production lines to provide medical and hygiene supplies, offering free... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, they're saying... Wrapping it up, uh, this this point, because I really want to focus on the next one. All this shows that a large-scale response to a global crisis is possible. Yes, they are happy to see how compliant people have been worldwide. We need to harness this wave of compassion. We. Who is this we again? Anyway, we need to harness this wave of compassion. Wow. I just, I, I read that in, through my conspiratorial lens and see such a sinister s- sentence there. What I, what I see there is we need to capitalize on people's good hearts and the fact that they care about each other and want to save each other's lives. We need to make the most of that. It's sick. We need to harness this wave of compassion and proactivity to protect vulnerable people in all contexts, they say, they claim, including those most exposed to climate impacts. I'm sure that includes people of color, right? (laughs) Anyway, so here's their chart. The World Economic Forum's chart of the top 10 risks over the next 10 years. So this might not sound like new news, right? But it's still, this is part of a long-term plan. So we could report from on this five years from now and probably have talking points that are relevant. So their top 10 risks over the next 10 years, extreme weather, climate action failure, natural disaster, biodiversity loss, and human-made environmental disasters. And that's near the top. Oh, this, and he says multi-stakeholders here, because this is all aiming towards stakeholder capitalism, they call it, which is totalitarian and has to do with uh, judging companies based on 
whether they're in, environmentally friendly, for instance. And if you think any meat company is going to be environmentally friendly, man, this is going down the wrong road. Anyway, d- uh, data fraud or theft. Okay, the cyber attacks. Cyber pandemic. That's the next thing they're really excited about and really trying to push. Water crises, okay. Uh, global governance failure, uh-huh. There's a lot of that. Been a lot of that for a long time, but um, I guess they mean in another way. Or maybe, who knows what they mean by that. And asset bubbles. All of these are things that have been impacted by this centralized insanity. So anyway, I don't want to get too lost in the weeds on that. I want to focus on this point. Like I said, trust experts is the next point. This is the point that I think makes it the most obvious that we should be concerned about what experts are saying about meat and climate change. They say, trust experts, as the significance of the pandemic has dawned on us, the value of knowledge has become increasingly clear. The advice of epidemiologists has gone viral. Ha ha ha. So cute, you guys. Klaus, you. You rascal. We've all seen the flatten the curve meme. Again, this is old. And doctors have been held up as heroes. This might represent a turning point in a trend towards the demise of experts. I guess they were concerned that experts weren't getting enough respect. I I tell you, I don't get any respect at all. Make a cultural shift. Okay, no, no, I'm almost skipping. Uh, We need to listen to climate science. Yeah, this is the actual, this is the highlight here. We need to listen to climate scientists and policy advisors to win the climate change fight too. So they're saying that just like we had to listen to what all these epidemiologists and you know virologists and all these experts that they approve, only the ones they approve, of course, have had to say about the pandemic. Now they're saying we need to listen to climate scientists and policy advisors to win the climate change fight too. We're not allowed to disagree with any experts on the pandemic. Are you, do you think that we're going to be allowed to disagree with experts on climate change? And that means that we're not going to be able to, I mean, potentially we might be shut off from promoting meat as healthy for us and the planet. That could happen based on these standards. And that's my concern. So they end with make a cultural shift. Many aspects of the COVID-19 response are similar to the types of changes we need as a part of a comprehensive climate change response. What is interesting is that many necessary shifts just require a change in culture. For example, neither the surge, again, an attack on the psyche, neither the surge in cycling and expansion of bike lanes in Bogota as citizens avoid public transport, nor the coronavirus work from home experiment have required any new technology, but instead have relied on new thinking. It is clear that we have many of the tools to make major advances in addressing climate change. What we need now is the political will to apply them. That's what they want. The political will to apply the same standards from the pandemic to climate change, which means they're going to apply that to meat. 
Much remains uncertain about what the world will look like when we emerge from the COVID-19 pandemic, if we ever do, for Pete's sake. But the fundamental societal changes we are witnessing may well offer us a final chance to avoid a climate... A final chance to avoid a climate catastrophe! They are so far up their own anyway. Written by Victoria Crawford, Project Lead for Environmental Resilience of the World Economic Forum in Geneva. The views expressed in this article are those of the author alone and not the World Economic Forum. Okay, Uh, yet uh, I see the same agenda across their entire website. WEForum.org, you can see all that for yourself. Thanks for humoring me, and uh, I just had to share that because it's crazy where they're they're trying to push all this stuff. Let's see what you're saying in the chat. Uh, Duking Productions says, I noticed some carnivores eat fruit seasonally during spring and summer. Would you include a fruit to your carnivore lifestyle, and how do you feel about those that do eat fruits? I think um, those that do often are uh, going after performance. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it's un- probably unnecessary. Really, um, the body does make its all the sugar. You don't. Ha- you have zero dietary requirement for carbohydrates. Um, some people might feel a little better for various reasons. Um, they often sleep better, but I think that regardless of the benefits of any carbohydrate intake, I think all of it is oxidizing on some level. So I think that's why, say, Dr. Paul Saladino, who eats a lot of honey, when he caught the big one, you know, COVID, uh, he um, he felt it. I mean, it was like, a, I guess, a bad flu or cold for him, but uh, he might have been even better without uh, honey, I think. Um, I'm suspicious, but... Again, this isn't. I come from a background where I really abused sugars for a long time without knowing, and knowingly and unknowingly. I didn't know how badly I was uh, doing it, but yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I just think that it's better to just avoid at least a lot of sweet fruits, a lot of high sugar fruits. Avocados, obviously, are. Not guilty of that at all. I think that those are probably the safest. And um, as long as you're feeling healthy and that continues long term, you know, more power to you if you happen to be able to enjoy fruits. I just, I warn against all this, you know, everyone wants to avoid dogma. I don't want to be dogmatic, but I want to at least be honest and say that I think that sugar does some inherent damage i mean not that it's a poison always but that it just it's like nitro fuel for your body and that when you're adding it unnecessarily i mean your body can make its own nitro fuel so when you're adding more uh, and your body has to you know burn it off i think you're just oxidizing your body more and you don't need to be doing that though i think meat is so anti-inflammatory that it's probably we we have a much greater allowance, I think, as carnivores generally. But I wouldn't even mess with it because it's just my my background and my history. It's not worth it. 
I hope that helps. Um, I mean, of course, I'm not a, a a medical expert either, so I should point that out as well. I'm an artist. <laughs> but um, I'm an artist who's about four years. I'm almost four years carnivore now. So I'm starting to earn some uh, stripes here, some bacon stripes. <laughs> Um, but no, to answer to answer the specific question, would I include fruit? No. Uh, James says, a little off topic, but I heard you wanted a Black Sabbath shirt. The question is, do you prefer Black Sabbath with Ozzy or Ronnie James Dio? Ozzy Osbourne, hands down. But um, every now and then I, I do listen to some. I, I mean, Heaven and Hell has some... Good music, uh, or I mean, the song "Heaven and Hell" is good, but um, <laughs> the honestly, when I I, I I okay, this is I'm getting a flashback to it. when I was a preteen, I was 12 years old on a a group trip to Central Europe, and uh, we were in Austria in a in in Salzburg in a record shop, and at the time they had listening stations for CDs. Uh, and I saw, oh, wow, there's a new Black Sabbath. I was so excited. It was Dehumanizer. I ran, p- put on my headphones, and I, I, I actually, was it Dehumanizer? Whatever, whichever one it was, it was not an Aussie record, and or it wasn't a good record. <laughs> I was traumatized and uh, very disappointed. But <laughs> that's a bit of way off topic. But um, since you asked... I yeah I way prefer the the music and uh, everything about yeah the the Aussie times although I think Dio is awesome and I do listen to Dio but Dio is great for Dio I think and um, better off not in Sabbath but hey Black Sabbath went through so many incarnations has been through so many incarnations I'm lucky I got to see them almost in <laughs> intact. Uh, a few years ago at Madison Square Garden before the Excelsior Pass, now I would be barred. I would no longer be allowed to see that show. Uh, uh, I'm. I want to pronounce this. Uh, ve vejo. Uh, is uh or vijo uh, vijo. I'm sorry if I'm I'm butchering this name. I know we like butchers, but I shouldn't be butchering your name. I'm in Australia and will never go near a drug-pushing doctor. Darn right. And I have forgotten a hundred times that these so-called doctors will... Uh, and Wait, wait, I have... Uh, okay. I'm in Australia and will never go near a drug-pushing doctor. And I have, for, I have forgotten a hundred times that these so-called doctors will learn in their lifetime. Absolutely, because I'm sure you've done way more studying and... Look, they they don't know anything about diet, you know. They get they get the the briefest little blip of probably misinformation, and that's all. And, and that's the foundation of good health. What you're putting into your body. Forget those little pills. You you see how big a, a an impact those, those little pills make. So think about the, the impact of what you're putting food. That's a big pill. Red meat is a big red pill, but it's a healthy red pill. So, um, 
Let's, I'll call you VT. VT continues, I have been doing keto for around 40 years. Awesome. I'm 70 and have not been sick for that time. And have fa- Wow. I look forward to saying something similar someday. You are awesome. <laughs> I'm 70 and have not been sick for that time and have found that drinking bone broth and kefir or kefir um, helps my immune system. Well, listen to someone who's been doing this for around 40 years, 70 years old. Thank you so much, VT. Z8 says, if you move to Western PA, you can have all the grass-fed beef you want and no Excelsior past BS. Thank you. (laughs) Way too many uh, Trumpers and anti-maskers around here to accept that. (laughs) Yeah, well, that that sounds uh, good. (laughs) Um, And hi, Plum. Thanks very much for being here. All right, I'm going to read this next article here. From the San Diego Union Tribune. Eggplant steaks. You'll never miss them meat. Clearly, this is an opinion piece. It's a confessions of a foodie, but I just thought it was... I, I laughed so hard when I saw that. I had to read it to you because, you know, I got so angry at the other piece. And then I was following that up with, you know, the World Economic Forum thing. I thought, man, that's so heavy. So... Getting a little more lighthearted here by mocking, or here, here's my reaction to eggplant steaks. You'll never miss the meat. Look at that giant lemon back there. <laughs> All right, so here's their uh, eggplant steak and side salad. Thick cut eggplant is breaded in cheesy panko and shallow shallow pan fried to a golden crisp while maintaining the eggplant's meaty texture. <laughs> Look, I I like I mean I, I don't eat it anymore, but I have enjoyed eggplants. I, I I've even enjoyed um eggplant lasagna, um eggplant parmesan, uh, different things. I, I never hated eggplant, but this is it's not, it didn't feel like meat. Well, I'll say that. Yeah, I never confused it for meat. Didn't even confuse it for noodles. The rest of this caption says, It's great with a side dish of fresh arugula, lightly dressed with a squeeze of lemon. <laughs> it's a big old lemon, though. And a drizzle of extra virgin olive oil. Mm. Okay. then. So, standing in for meat... These heart-healthy eggplant steaks are packed with flavor and antioxidants. This kind of ties into what I was saying before. Uh, You know, if you're not eating an oxidizing diet, if you're not eating eating a lot of sugars and other, and, and if you're not eating a lot of vegetable oils, then you don't have to worry about antioxidants. I mean, meat is very anti, highly antioxidant. However, um, we okay, so that can balance it out, right? But we don't even need to worry about it if we're not eating uh, oxidizing foods, is what I'm saying. That's my point. Anyway, this is by Anita L. Arambula from Confessions of a Foodie. So this ought to be real cute, you guys. 
And again, this is from today. When I was developing this recipe several summers ago, I remember I was standing at the kitchen sink, washing the eggplant and listening to the dueling TV shows playing in the background. One my auntie had on in the living room and the other my grandmother had on in her bedroom just off, in the, off the kitchen. And I distinctly remember smiling to myself thinking, there's no way my father would ever consider this dinner. Ah, you see, because men, men, her father would never consider consider this dinner, this eggplant dinner, because men have such an appetite for women and meat, according to the more, some recent studies. If you missed that part, you can look that up. I'm not going to get into that right now, but wow, it all ties together. I'm not saying that this is part of some conspiracy, but it probably is, but um. Not not intentionally, I don't think, but anyway. With that passing thought, my childhood swirled up around me and I lost myself in memories. Which must be, I'm sure, pleasant memories. I don't, I don't want to mock family memories, uh, good times and, and loved ones. But, uh, yeah, let's make, uh, yeah, let's focus on the rest of this. Dad has always had a childlike zest for jokes and pranks. There were summer days when he would ho- come home from work, walk through the front door, hands in pockets waiting for us girls to run up and greet him. Before the rest of us uh, was within arm's reach, he'd pull his hands out of his pockets, revealing two filled water guns. I remember stopping immediately, this, the realization hitting me that we were about to get bombarded with water. All of us girls would make a quick about face, running away as the first sprays hit us, all the while laughing and squealing in delight. He would chase us around the living and dining rooms, through the kitchen, down in, down the hall, and back again. Mom, as we ran past her, would in turn hand us plastic tumblers half-filled with water for us to get Daddy back. Never mind that uh, the water left puddles everywhere that she would be left to mop up. That sounds like a fun family moment. Um... Okay, it looks like they're getting to the point here. There were also days when he'd come home so exhausted that that we knew the best thing we could do for him was to quietly play with each other outside until it was time to help mom with the evening meal. As for dinner, 75% of the time, meat was the centerpiece, just as dad liked it. (laughs) They are still blaming men. Um, But that's good. This is good. That's, That's why... There was so much health. People were so much healthier at that time, I'm sure, um, including all of them. A meal, and that's an assumption, but hey, a meal wasn't a meal. It's true, definitely, of the population, so let's just say that. A meal wasn't a meal if it, wa- if it didn't have meat. Of course not. I, I'm trying to remember the, the, the there, are, there are words in, 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 I think, several languages where Meat pretty much means food. <laughs> so uh, this is a, a linguistic truth that I love and, and hold dear. I have to study it so I can really, so I can recite it at will. But um, so yeah, 75% of the time meat was, a cent- was the centerpiece just as dad liked it. A meal wasn't a meal if it didn't have meat. Red meat being the favorite. Yes, dad. Darn right. And my dad would feel the same way, thank goodness, uh, and does, but he's eating it, thankfully. Considering how expensive meat is now, 
I can't imagine how much it had uh, had to have been back then, especially when buying enough to feed a growing family. I'm in awe of how my parents managed on one salary for the better part of my childhood. But they managed better than I could have. Oh, I'm sorry, but they managed better than I could have. Pepper steak, hamburgers with steak fries, corned beef hash with tons of potatoes and eggs, meatloaf and mashed potatoes, carne asada with freshly made uh, tortillas, hamburger helper with rice aroni. Yeah, I remember some of that stuff. Uh, especially the rice aroni um, and hamburger helper. I had them separately, not together. My goodness. <laughs> These were the midweek meals of my childhood. And during the leaner times, it was sometimes breakfast for dinner with sausage links or simply freshly made frijoles de olla, a big pot of pinto beans, um, rice and homemade flour tortillas. No matter how lean times were for my father, we never knew it. My parents did a good job, too, of uh, hiding the leaner times, so thanks. Thank you for that. Uh, it does help kids, I think. We only knew that Dad was home from work and dinner was at five. There would be time enough to learn how hard it was providing for, for a family. Back then, it was simply more important to my parents to let us have a childhood filled with, uh, uh, with filled bellies and surprise water gun attacks. Uh, yes, yeah, so many points come to mind as I try to read these things. Um, so now, now here, here we're getting to the point. Eggplant makes a great faux steak. I already disagree having tasted eggplant, but anyway, standing in for meat, these satisfying eggplant steaks are packed with flavor and antioxidants. We covered that earlier, making them a healthy and delicious plant-based meal in under 45 minutes. Though it is available year-round, heart-healthy eggplant is best when in season, which is now through October. Inspired by a photograph I came across several years ago when looking for fresh ways to use eggplant, this eggplant is cooked to just golden brown and just barely fork tender to retain the slices' the firmness, giving them a more meaty quality. Okay, I haven't tried that, I'll admit. For this reason, don't skip the sweating step. The salt will draw out any bitterness in the excess water while also seasoning the flesh. <laughs> seasoning the flesh, they say this is. It is, I guess, the flesh of the, the fruit, but... And mind you, it's not a vegetable. It is a fruit, leaving you with a better-tasting steak. Steak. Come on, where are the quotation marks? As for the skin, leave it on. It's filled with phytonutrients and fiber. Of course, we, we carnivores know that phytonutrients are really just phytochemicals with purported benefits, but they're just... There's no... Anyway... Moving on. And fiber, which is a whole other problem. I mean, fiber is largely an irritant. It stuffs you, but it, it you can't digest it. So, And it can also take nutrients away from your digest, the digestive process. I mean, you can lose nutrients to the fiber because you can't digest the fiber and nutrients can get stuck in the fiber. Anyway, I... I, I have to stop making, <laughs> stopping, I have to stop stopping because I have other points to make 
and they'll be made definitely by, um, if not by me, by the next link that I'm going to show you. So it says here, um, I've also tweaked the ingredients from my original version, leaving out the flowering stage to keep the carb count down. There's a bit of actual, that's something. So we're getting, we're, we're getting through slowly, folks. Keto is having an effect. To keep the carb count down, they at least left off the breading. But it says, uh, be sure to pat the steaks dry very well before dipping in egg. Alas, I cannot eat egg. And I won't eat eggplant either. The addition of the Greek yogurt to the egg made it a thicker coating that adhered to the eggplant better, providing a good grip for the panko coating. The panko breading benefits from the addition of Trader Joe's Parmesan slash Romano blend in two ways. The protein in the cheese will help slow down the absorption of sugar from carbohydrates in the panko. Why is there why are there carbs in their panko? I thought they were keeping the carb count down. I guess they're not using pork panko while also adding a big punch of flavor. They couldn't even go for pork panko. Look at that. I've opted for whole wheat panko. Ha <laughs> ha, there we go. Whole wheat panko breadcrumbs here. Whole wheat. It's still bread. But use regular panko if that's what you have on hand. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do any of that. I shallow fry... Uh, I shallow fry these eggplant steaks in extra virgin olive oil for maximum flavor and texture. If you're opposed to pan frying, use an olive oil cooking spray. Ooh, cooking spray. No, 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 no. Cooking spray is processed toxic garbage. Shame on them. To coat the eggplant lightly, then roast in a 425-degree oven for about 10 minutes or until desired doneness, flipping them halfway through cooking. However, I highly recommend the pan frying method for the best results. All right, I'm not reading the rest of this recipe, but you've heard all you needed to hear. You've heard the ingredients, and I guess we can um, look at the... uh, Carefully slip in one steak, then a second steak. Fry until golden brown, approximately five minutes. Flip the steaks over carefully and fry an additional five minutes or until golden. Remove the towel-lined pan. Or remove to the towel-lined pan or rack to drain. Repeat with remaining eggplant, frying no more than two steaks at a time to keep the oil temperature from dropping. Add additional oil as needed. To serve, place one or two steaks on steaks. They call them, they really just call them steaks, but it's all right. All right, uh, one or two steaks on a plate, then add a cup of arugula, a cup of arugula, partially covering the eggplant so you don't have to see it. I mean, I didn't say that, but um, squeeze a lemon. Not that the arugula is much better (laughs) or any better. I think that I I prefer the eggplant to the arugula, but I prefer meat to both. Squeeze a lemon quarter over the arugula and eggplant. Drizzle the greens with about a quarter teaspoon of extra virgin olive oil and finish with some shaved parmesan, a pinch of salt, and some freshly cracked pepper to taste. Oh, boy. What a mess. But, all right, you know, I wanted to say a bunch of things, and I have been saying a bunch of things, so that's why I'm going to jump. Okay, first I'll look at what you're saying in the chat, but then I'm going to jump to my next point. 
Uh, wow, you've been busy in the chat here. This is great. Z8 says, I live 15 minutes from an old school butcher that has beef, pork, goat, goat, lamb. Why did I say goat? Lamb, I guess because I was so ready to say lamb. So tasty. Lamb, chicken, duck, quail, etc. All can be purchased, snout to tail, organs, etc. That's so great. Wow, that's so great. I am so jealous. Watcher Metron Mobius is asking where. That's my question, too. <laughs> Can we order? Uh, but I doubt it. VT says, I keep away from lectins, and that's how I got rid of my arthritis, which is totally gone. That's wonderful. Eggplant and tomato are full of lectins. Oh, yeah, we're getting to that, VT. Unchained... Oh, hey, Jen. <laughs> Hi, Jen. Um, been in the bushes working on class stuff. Cool. Hope it's going well. James says, I'm Italian, so believe me, I have ma uh, had many eggplant, but they are nightshades, which are not good for a lot of people. That's right, James. Thank you. Jen says, if we're not meant to be carnivore, then why is our normal pH of stomach more acidic than a lion's? It's true. We're closer to a, a scavenger. Um, yeah, about 1.5. Jen hates eggplant. <laughs> rubbery crap she says that's hilarious um and here i am i'm saying i i've enjoyed it i never had a problem with eggplant except uh probably it didn't make me feel so good and i didn't realize that until i stopped eating it but um the taste i never minded i i, I sometimes looked for i i would actually seek it out an eggplant parmesan not as often i would usually just go for chicken or beef or whatever um, but you, uh, yeah, often actually I would just get pizza if I was eating Italian. Um, but usually something with uh, beef and pork, like pepperoni uh, on a pizza or uh, beef in my uh, spaghetti sauce, stuff like that. But all I needed was the beef. All I needed was the pork. All that time. All right, getting back into the articles. Thank you guys for the chats and for chatting with each other as well. Now, this goes straight this is not going to be a news article, but it addresses what some of you are bringing up. It's from Gundry MD. This is the same Stephen Gundry who wrote The Plant Paradox, a book that has helped me quite a bit because Stephen Gundry, even though I don't think I agree with his dietary recommendations overall, um I I think he's more plant-based. Uh, he does know which plants are the most harmful and why. And that's what he explains in The Plant Paradox. So, what are nightshades and why you should avoid them by the Gundry MD team? And this is from a couple of years ago. But uh, if you're an avid follower of the Gundry way, I am not, but uh, you already know Dr. Gundry doesn't approve of nightshade fruits and vegetables <clears throat> vegetables on his eating program. Uh, this is, And mind you, this is someone who approves of fruits and vegetables. This is because they are high in proteins known as lectins. I'm going to do a Hannibal Lecter joke. 
along with legumes and traditional grains, legumes, of course, being okay, they, they're going to give. I'm, I keep on commenting. This is this article is going to do all the explanation that I, that it needs. So these lectin-rich food, foods can be disastrous for your gut. But what is a nightshade veggie, and why are they so bad for your gut? Let's dig a little deeper, shall we? What are nightshades? Um, and of course, I'm reading this because hey. Uh, not everyone can eat eggplant, so uh, saying that it's you won't even miss the meat. This is why some people, yeah, would very much miss the meat, folks. All right, so what are nightshades? Nightshades are a family of plants known as, uh, I, I, had, I had this pronunciation earlier, uh, solanaceae, I believe it is, solanaceae. Uh, uh, the family includes, I, I took high school Latin, so I hope that that's enough. Okay, anyway, the family includes some pretty popular veggies like potatoes, tomatoes, eggplant, and peppers. It's kind of annoying, of course, that I think there's one kind of vegetable there, uh, potatoes, but that's a root or bulb. I don't know. Uh, tomatoes, eggplant, and peppers are all fruits. We know this, but it's all right. So, um, yeah, so potatoes, tomatoes, eggplant, and peppers. Eggplant, eggplant, eggplant. So, uh, but yeah, uh, and the peppers include bell peppers, cayenne pepper, and paprika. So, that's why I got such a bad stomach ache uh, eating um, a nice, really high-quality Spanish sausage, a chorizo from Spain that had too much paprika, and it hurt. I had a bad stomach ache. I had other issues. Um, Anyway, it was the paprika. It also includes the belladonna plant, also known as deadly nightshade, a highly poisonous plant that's been used medicinally and cosmetically since before the Middle Ages. Pretty much, these are all just milder versions of that poison. They're trying to separate it, but come on. They're all related because they're all just varying degrees of poisonous. Our nightshade vegetables list has all the info. You can check that out at Gundry MD. Nightshade vegetables contain an alkaloid known as solanine, which is also a toxin, but only in very high concentrations. That's why some people can do fine, right? Or they don't notice until after a while. Believe it or not, solanine poisoning has actually occurred from eating um, green potatoes. Hmm. Wow. I've never tried. But while solanine isn't going to affect you like the belladonna, it may still cause uh, some trouble for your digestive system. Why you should avoid nightshades. Many health experts believe you should avoid the nightshade family altogether. Why? There are a couple of reasons. Number one, the alkaloids. We've already mentioned an alkaloid called solanine. But nightshades also contain the alkaloids capsaicin. Wow. And nicotine. That's an alkaloid too. Wow. Yes, nicotine. Tobacco is part of the nightshade family, after all. Related to tobacco. And all of these alkaloids may have irritating effects on the body. Solanine has been linked to aggravated joint uh, joint pain and inflammation. Though no scientific studies currently... uh, There's a bit of a typo here. Though no scientific studies currently support this finding, the Arthritis Foundation reports that many patients do find this to be the case. 
See, we don't need the studies. I mean, uh, people clean up their diets and feel better. Enough said, but always with the studies. We need studies, and studies can be manipulated to create whatever whatever propaganda you want. You can find in almost any statistics. So it's really absurd. But um, to you know worry about studies too much, but it's in there. Um, and even the Arthritis Foundation is admitting that people do report this. Nicotine is found in tobacco plants, also a nightshade family member, as well as these common nightshade vegetables. Amounts of nicotine in the veggies can range from two point uh, two to seven uh, micrograms per. A kilogram, a cigarette, averages about 12 milligrams. Wow. Wow. Interesting. So you can get a... I thought it was... I always assumed it was way low and that there was no way you were going to get enough nicotine to compare to a cigarette. Anyway, it says uh, these decrease with the fading of green coloring. So when a tomato ripens, it does decrease in nicotine. You already know all about the bad side of nicotine due to the dangers of smoking, and you know it can be very addictive. But you would need to eat a lot of nightshade vegetables to get the same amount of nicotine as a single cigarette. Okay. I mean, I guess, yeah, I'm lo- we're looking at kilograms, right? So I guess it's probably harder than I'm thinking. But still, it's in there. The bottom line with alkaloids is... Though they may not affect everyone, some people are very sensitive to them because they can't digest them properly. The lectins. This is number two. The lectins. The lectins. Lectins are toxic proteins, mentioned by several of you already, uh, found in certain plants. They are thought to be part of a plant's natural defense mechanism. Yeah, and it's working, even on us. This is the plant telling us not to eat it. This is the plant saying, F you, yo, whoa, you gonna eat me? Oh, here's some poison. The problem with lectins is they can bind to cells on your gut wall, damaging the gut and preventing you from properly absorbing nutrients. I mentioned the fiber. This is even worse. Wow. So if the fiber doesn't stop the nutrients, the lectins might. Lectins are found in their highest concentrations in legumes, grains, and, you guessed it, nightshades. So all the the beans, not just the beans, the peas. So, um, let's see, Beyond Meat and Impossible Meats, they tend to use a lot of soy protein, but their second favorite, or maybe it's tied with soy uh, protein, is... Uh, uh, this, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, peas, uh, lectins, um, high lectin uh, uh, pea protein. It's just, it's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they separate out the lectins. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It, this is just ridiculous. But um, peas are legumes and are high in le- lectins. And that means that you can probably find a lot of lectins in all the fake meats, except, I guess, the um, cultured or petri dish meats. But plant pa- plant-based, almost definitely. Um, all right, so research has shown 
uh, research has begun to show, rather, that uh, those some people are more sensitive to lectins than others, lectins are are toxic, inflammatory, or both. This is my argument that they're always toxic and inflammatory, but um, that some people can resist better than others. Um, that's where the very vari- the variability is. Resistant to your digestive enzymes, wow, so you can't even fight it off, able to cause major discomfort if consumed in high concentration. Yep. And I'm just thinking back to uh, eating stuff with a lot of tomato and how weird my stomach felt and I never put two and two together. Who did? Who did? In fact, one hospital saw 10 cases of what was thought to be food poisoning but then discovered the culprit to be the abnormally high concentration of lectins in red kidney beans. Wow. People went to the hospital because they ate too many kidney beans and got, I mean, and had a lectin sensitivity reaction, whatever you want to call it. Lectin poisoning, actually. Because it says, it. studies are beginning to show that they are toxic, inflammatory, or both. But this is a, <laughs> don't worry about that. Eat your, uh, eat your eggplant steak. You won't even miss the meat. Are you missing the meat yet? <laughs> the peels and seeds of nightshades are where the lectin content is at its heaviest. But leave on that skin because it's high in phytonutrients. You see the problem here? All right. <laughs> so, at the very least, you want to make sure to peel and de-seed your veggies. There are a lot of little seeds in, in uh, eggplant. Because it's a fruit. In fact, it may be a... Is it a berry? It might be a berry. Um, you can also pressure cook or ferment for the same results. If you suffer for uh, from a leaky gut, but but then if you pressure cook it, uh, if you pressure cook an eggplant, you're not going to get that meaty taste, that meaty texture, right? If you suffer from a leaky gut, persistent diarrhea, an irritable bowel, or any other gastrointestinal sensitivity, you should definitely think about cutting lectin-rich nightshades from your diet, or how about lectin-rich everything, uh, to see if you notice any difference. The symptoms include, uh, but, um, okay, it says nightshade sensitivity can be similar to a host of other conditions, but generally appear as diarrhea, heartburn, or uh, acid reflux, nausea, irritable bowel, joint pain, and or swelling. I've experienced all of those due to lectins in retrospect. Now, this Gundry MD wants to recommend... um, certain vegetables, which I would not recommend. But, uh, you know, he's a doctor and does know which plants have fewer toxins, and that is helpful for those who really insist for whatever reason. You can always check out his website to learn more. I'm not pushing that stuff. You know me. I'm all about the animal products. But, um, yeah, again, this is not news but it is a comment or this allows us to comment 
with in more detail on the problems with the previous you know that that I guess it was a an opinion piece but you know saying hey just go ahead and eat they in fact they said leave on the skin they said leave on the skin here it is <laughs> so this is just a a solid block of lectins and and, and alkaloids and there's no acknowledgement of that in this just how it's good for your heart compared to uh let's see a um let's say a chicken fried steak something i have had in the past not anymore of course um but you know covered in breading th- thick breading and then fried in probably vegetable oil um that that's how that's a chicken fried steak like you when you fry chicken and uh, that that's this is a lighter version of that um but it's still it's harmful and in the case of the uh chicken fried steak the harmful part is the breading the vegetable oil in which it is fried and is that it <laughs> yeah i think that's it <laughs> because the steak is healthy and yet they would point their finger right at the steak for any problems that come from eating a chicken fried steak. You know it. They'd say it's beef. That's the problem. But when it's not, it's the bread and it's the vegetable oils. This world is so misinformed. And I keep feeling like we're, I mean, you, you, we had a, a lower carb recipe than we would have if not for keto. But still, they're still pushing this stuff. See what you're saying in the chat. There's a lot. This is great. Wow, there's even more than I thought. Okay, so Jen said, uh, I did away with lectins for two for a while now. At least two to three months. Whoever said that about arthritis... Uh, arthri- why, why can't I pronounce arthritis? Arthritis. Um, how long did it take until your pain stopped? And I'll I'll just throw in, even though I didn't have arthritis, I was developing joint pain i mean it would act up when it was on before the rain you know she acts up just before the rain that kind of thing you know these old classic you know i'm you know i'm nowhere i mean uh at at age 70 we should not be dealing with these things and and vt is proof of that so um but in my 20s i was beginning to have joint pain and it was sensitive to the weather so that's scary. I was developing arthritis for sure. And I'm sure that p- part of that was, the, yeah, all this stuff. But it was a combination of things for sure. Uh, Jen says, um, per Dr. Paul Mason on YouTube, fatty liver makes more of a chemical uh, th- that attacks joints. Interesting. So yeah, fatty liver disease can attack your joints as well. Says some people lose just a little weight and they no longer have the pain. 45 pounds down, I'm still waiting. Mm, I'm sorry. Yeah, these, like I said, there, there are multiple reasons for these things. So, um, yeah, it's not always as simple as, uh, say, just cutting out lectins. Um... So um, Jen also says, I like Gundry's approach to the uh, virus as far as vitamin D. 
but he's hokey, uh, <laughs> a hokey vegan pusher, if you ask me. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but um, it's good that he's pushing vitamin D. But not that he's great, and it's not great that he's pushing veganism. But he has helped a lot of carnivores by knowing and telling us which plants are the most harmful. Lisa, hi Lisa, says green potatoes happen when the tuber is exposed to the sunlight during the growing process. The leaves are always poisonous, however. Okay, so green potatoes are are actually a reaction to the sunlight during the growing process. And the leaves remain poisonous, of course. Yeah, the leaves are the part... I, I guess, if anything, the plant... Well, I, actually, I don't know if the plant wants you to eat the root either. <laughs> right? So, I don't know whether they really... Whether that plant... I mean, the plant will will not give up its leaves because that's its energy factory. So, it's going to defend its leaves with its life. But then... If a plant has fruits, those are meant for consumption, of course, to help us spread their seeds. Or to help animals in general help, uh, spread their seeds, I mean. Um, but, uh, anyway, and I, just, I, I think about, you know, why, why certain things happen, that's all. There's a reason behind it all. Like, lectins are plant defense, you know, this is the plant fighting us off by poisoning us, if we notice. I'm sure it works much better on insects, but. So VT says, I studied health and food for over five years, plus worked in a laboratory for 15 years. And all I will say to keep grass-fed meats, keep to grass-fed meats and some greens and you can't go wrong. Keep to grass-fed meats and some greens and you can't go wrong. All right, this is from, you know, a 70-year-old who has been keto for about four decades. I'm almost four years keto, carnivore, anything like it. So I can't really, uh, yeah, but I, you know, of course, I'm not running to the greens, but uh, definitely the meat. Grass-fed, in fact, I, I, maybe not everything I eat is grass-fed, but it's definitely the... Um, it's focused on pasture and it's humanely raised and net more naturally raised. And that's what I've been focusing on. But yeah, some of these smaller operations still do feed some uh, supplemental organic grain to fatten up the beef at the end of life. But uh, let's see here. Thank you, VT. Z8 says, a lot of restrictive diets work because you cut out all processed foods, um, including the stuff that may be causing your issues. Absolutely, I agree with that. So it's hard to say if they're good forever. Potato diets work for weight. Yeah. Yeah, like um, I think Penn Jillette, uh I used to be a much bigger fan of Penn Jillette, um, like when when he had this um, show on Showtime with his partner Teller called, called, I'll call it BS, just to keep my language clean here for, for now. Um, and they were calling out a lot of BS out there. It was a great show. I mean, it was funny. Um, and they, yeah, they, they interviewed people who actually believed in the things that they were, uh, 
the the debunking um <laughs> i think that probably got harder and harder over time you know kind of like borat how do you how do you trick them over and over again but he lost a lot of weight on a um why why am i talking so much about pen gillette he lost a lot of weight on a potato diet to my understanding and um he has a lot of loose skin i think um that maybe wouldn't be there if he would just eat some meat but i'm assuming he's healthier but uh i don't know man just eating so many potatoes and of course we just learned how many issues could can come with potatoes so they might work for weight but they might not work for inflammation and other things they're not the same although a lot of times weight comes with and in fact weight putting on too much weight is in fact i think putting on any weight even if it's putting on muscle is inflammatory but um, the results are beneficial in the case of muscle <laughs> instead of adipose tissue or body fat again i'm not a doctor but these i know some things correct me if i'm wrong jen says lectins lead to parkinson's disease wow i'm sure that they contribute travel from the gut up to the brain via the vagus nerve wow yeah my great grandfather had parkinson's and um he died in his 80s but he was uh yeah i mean he, he it was hard to see. i mean he, he was a, a a strong wise man who i just think of you know how he was eating low fat and you know small portions of meat and all that stuff because that was supposed to be better for him and that that's why we saw him deteriorate such a wise strong man that we cherished and we should have had more uh, years with him more time with him but that's true of so many of our loved ones my mom and so many so many so um z8 says loss and cessation of diabetes and heart medication oh, i'm sorry okay this is continuing the previous comment. Potato diets work for weight loss and cessation cessation of diabetes and heart medication. Interesting. Okay. But potatoes your whole life are definitely not healthy. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I, I covered that because, yeah, a couple of comments came in at the same time. So that's all that happened there. I wonder if that's part of what's going on with carnivore, that you're just cutting out processed foods that's part of it absolutely but that's not the whole thing <laughs> a lot of people will say oh, all you're doing is cutting out processed food and that's why you feel better that's all that's part of why i feel better also meat is providing optimal nutrition and is anti-inflammatory as opposed to all this inflammatory everything they want to feed us is inflammatory so of course you need antioxidants but you don't if you're eating animal products that's all I'm saying. Thank you, Z8. VT says, uh, vitamin D3, K2, and magnesium will put 9 out of 10 doctors out of work, but make sure they're uh, food grade. Okay. More wisdom from VT. 70-year-old, uh, more than 40 
70 years old and more than or about 40 years keto which is just so awesome you need to write a book or something i think start a website start a youtube channel do you have one i haven't checked but i hope you do please share your wisdom with as many people as possible people will listen to someone with your track record just like we are i i sure am i hope you are too in the chat Lisa says to Jen, um, uh, isn't it that way sometimes that the nicest folks suffer the most? Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm skipping a whole bunch. I, I see so, so many chats came through that it, it pushed uh, what I was reading down and I didn't notice. Uh, Lisa says, all of this is why I grow such a large garden, to feed my animals who are better equipped to eat it. Vegetables are better taken secondhand. Amen. Let them process all those nutrients for us into a more bioavailable form. Jen says, I know someone who adopted three girls. Now, this is what I was accidentally reading a follow-up on. I know someone who adopted three girls, came from a poor family. Youngest was baby-fed only potatoes has heavy learning disabilities. Oh. I'm so sorry to hear that. And Lisa says that that sounds like such a sad beginning to life. And it is. And now I feel like the the young are being attacked in new ways, but and for un, for no good reason. Absolutely no good reason. So, this is a shame, yeah. And of course, the U.S. Di- uh, dietary uh, or the the guidelines, uh, the, the dietary guidelines for Americans. I always try to get that right. Um, they recommend that infants are uh, eat, start on sugar right away. You know, so they want to get us hooked on sugar right away, so that we don't even have a chance to be. Ne- we're, I think, we're all born ketogenic. To, to my understanding, if if not all of us, most of us, I'm quite sure, are born keto. And yet, we're told that this is a, a trick and a diet. No, it's just how we, it's a natural state. <sighs> Jen says, "Yes, it was so so heartbreaking. Sweetest girl, too, so loving to everyone." Misinformation causes these criminal. <sighs> Though the misinformation is criminal. Because of this. VT says, love the program, but unfortunately the sheeple don't want to know the truth. Just listen to doctors, hence the poisonous vaccines. Yeah, I can't give up VT. Even if I'm shouted down. I mean, I lose, subscri- I lose subscribers doing things like this. And I need to keep doing it. That's why I encourage people to like and subscribe. I think people are probably being automatically unsubscribed from me, even slowly but surely. Um, not a lot, but you know it, it happens. And so, yeah, all the every subscription helps a great deal. So thank you for every every subscription. And if you can't, all right, I understand. If you want to keep your your feed uh, free from my controversies, okay. But I'm glad you're at least listening. Thank you for at least being here. So, reading the rest of these comments, I think I'm going to wrap it up pretty soon. 
Um, so thank you, VT. But listen, none of us, we can't give up on people. If they won't listen, maybe someone else will. But we can't stop talking. We can't stop sharing what we know can save lives. I, that's, why, that's why I don't have anything behind a paywall. The very thought of, I mean, anything that I have behind a paywall is like just about my personal life. But nothing like this. None of this, in, this information is life-saving. Or potentially, it saved my life. Could have saved my mom's life. Has saved my dad's life. And so, I won't put it behind a paywall. And that's why I really appreciate my supporters on Patreon and uh, people who put up with whatever little ads that I allow. I usually only allow the, the ads on YouTube, which are... I, I've stopped allowing video ads. But the, the ads that I do allow, I, I mainly just try to give... YouTube a reason to promote this stuff because they have less of an incentive to promote my material if it's not monetized because it's not bringing people to their advertisers and so uh, and, and by the way yesterday's article uh, or less yesterday's um uh, meet news live was kind of mostly demonetized by YouTube for whatever reason I think it's because I started putting my sources into the body of the uh, the show notes. And so um, I think that I, I have some controversial terms in there. Like the COVID-19, as Klaus Schwab pronounces it. COVID. <laughs> Maybe I should pronounce it that way so I won't get in trouble, but I'm pretty sure they can hear it. They hear everything. If you look at the transcripts word for word, it's scary. And I pronounce things pretty clearly, and that makes it even worse for me. So they can find me easily. Jen says, uh, well, of course, uh, in the, the Lisa said what I was reading earlier uh, that to Jen about this, uh, the, the harm that, that came to, to this poor, beautiful child from eating too many potatoes as an infant. Uh, she got learning disabilities, and, uh, and Lisa said, yeah, isn't that the way sometimes the nicest folks suffer the most? Sad but true. Jen said, yes, Lisa, it sure is that way. I'm a nurse on medical leave uh, most of the year now. Still have compassion fatigue, just seeing so many people hurting and crippling up, cripple up. Yeah. I tell you, when I, when I first went carnivore and started feeling really good, I was in shock and I was angry. I said, all these lies, all these years, all this damage that I'm trying to work past now. And it didn't have to be this way at all. At all. And so for about, a, I guess, a year, it was maybe a year and a half, maybe even two years really painful to just and it still hurts but not I, I i've i guess worked up the strength to deal with it i'm not numb to it I'll, I'll tell you that but seeing people suffer in ways that i have suffered uh you know with obesity uh joint pain uh um diabetes i had i had pre-diabetes but one of the saddest things I've ever seen was a, a a homeless man just leaning over. I was walking through a a tunnel somewhere in Manhattan, and this this homeless man with 
his feet were swollen beyond recognition and, and, and covered in all kinds of sores. And he was just leaning over his head in his buried in his lap, just out of it, sitting in that tunnel, in that dark tunnel. And that image has haunted me, obviously. And these are things that don't have to happen to people. And of course, that affects his mental health as well. He was obviously depressed, and I'm sure that his... I mean, we're finding links between things like sugar and schizophrenia. I'm sure that vegetable oils are in there as well. Wherever sugar has done damage, vegetable oil seems to have done similar damage. Lisa says... To Jen, I'm sorry to hear that I've been a long-term caregiver in the past. I understand that a bit. I am sure that you have been through heartache. Long-distance hug. Yes, long-distance hug for Jen. From all of us who share Lisa's uh, feelings. Thank you, Lisa. Jen says, Carnivore is the deepest elimination diet. Collagen in it heals leaky gut. Yeah, yeah. It's anti-inflammatory, it heals leaky gut, It meat solves so many problems that they're trying to solve with foods that cause the problems. It's insane. Z8 says it's so hard knowing what diet is best when everyone makes the same claims about each diet and has a similar amount of evidence and studies. It's true. It's true, and I think that's intentional, because at some point, you got to realize, some of these people know what they're doing. Some people are lying to us. Some of them are lying to us. We don't know which, but some of them are lying to us, twisting the facts. I'm, I'm sure that they're at the top of the, whatever, the, the top of the cabal, the shadowy cabal running this. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's just, these, these are bright boardrooms filled with jerks in, in, in regular neckties, you know? And also well-meaning people who are misinformed by the jerks at the top. But sometimes they become jerks in the process of working with the other jerks. So anyway, just trying not to place blame on people who are just misinformed, you know? Because we've all been there. We have all been there. Except maybe a VT who's been, you know, carnivore for 40 years. I mean, not carnivore, keto. Keto for 40 years. And they say long-term keto is dangerous. BS. Z8 uh, continued um, with that comment. Uh, what you talk about makes sense to me, but others make uh, similar arguments for vegan and other diet ideas. Yeah, but they rely on studies a lot. I don't. Uh, they, they seem so desperate to prove what they claim, whereas I feel experience is more than enough to prove carnivore very quickly. Um, so yeah, we're all cutting out processed food if we go for a whole food diet, but um, I think that vegans can't really 
I mean, I don't know how vegans are making very... They can't be making similar arguments, can they, to carnivores? I mean, except for cutting out processed food, I can't imagine how they could... I mean, they do claim to have the ideal um, nutrition and all that stuff. But anyway, we can get lost in that. I don't like debating and all that stuff. Um, We can go... You know, we can get lost in debates. Although I am constantly... Yeah, I guess I am debating a bit constantly. Uh, I'm low-key debating over here, I guess. I just never saw myself as much of a debater. Debater. Um, Yes, so Jen says, I'm so glad to see people getting along and getting together in in these chats. And it really is a community. Uh, Jen says, yes, there is deceit all around, Michael. All for the love of money. I think it's money and power, but they're very closely connected. I don't know how these people sleep at night. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a some kind of a dark joke, but I think they just lack a conscience. Or maybe they are kept up at night. I mean, Jen Saki looks really... Un- I, I don't think she looks too happy or well-rested. And you see what... I mean, anyway. Yeah, I, I just... I wonder how these people sleep or how these people live from day to day, how they face themselves, how they even look in a mirror. If you can't tell, they disgust me. Anywho, Lisa says, uh, Lisa says uh, to Jen, I truly believe they sleep well because they are not human in the same ways that we are and do not have empathy. I, 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 I was saying something similar, Lisa. So obviously I agree. Jen says, big food, big ag, or agriculture, uh, big government, big pharma, pharmaceuticals, fund most of the quote-unquote studies. Absolutely. Even the studies promoting meat probably are, you know, funded by these big companies. And that's why I'm suspicious when they actually do, like uh, Biden is trying to, supposedly trying to help promote competition among uh, meat producers with a new stimulus, yada yada. Uh, they call me Carl. Hi, Carl. When I try to eat substantial amounts of meat to satisfy my needs and appetite, my heart pounds and my uh, uh, be my bu- blood pressure blood pressure goes way up. Hmm. In uh, about four weeks in, doubt I can keep the faith. Any thoughts? Wow. Hmm. Well, I. I I have not heard that, but um, there could be different things going on. I would not presume to know. Again, I'm not a medical professional, and I don't want to give you incorrect advice. There are so many factors that could affect this. You would need to really consult a medical professional, but I would look for a keto-friendly medical professional because I'm telling you, if you go to just any GP about your BP, most of them are going to tell you you have to eliminate red meat, eat low fat. They might even put you on a statin. And those hurt people, especially men. It increases suicides. So I just, I will not, I have to warn you, please look for a pro-keto or at least keto-friendly 
medical professional, as difficult as it is, it will be worth it because it could save your life. Instead of getting this harmful advice from the general, these doctors who barely get any nutritional education and the ones who do are being misinformed, mostly. Lisa says, I mean, really, all you have to do is look at the long-term vegans. All they uh, Do they look strong and healthy? No, they don't look strong and healthy. Especially the long-term ones. I mean, anyway, I, I'm not going to... And I, look, I say, that as someone, I say that as someone who feels a little too skinny. I mean, I've been doing my exercise. Hopefully, I start to build a little more. But I eat a pretty pure carnivore diet here. I'm probably not going to be bulking much, but... Um, you know, I've never had this problem of being too small, of being skinny. <laughs> so it's weird. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, anyway, um, sometimes I wonder, do I look healthy enough as a carnivore? But I think I do. So <laughs> I for sure feel healthy, but, um, yeah, sometimes I want to be, you know, like one of those, uh, Vegans who, of course, built up their uh, giant muscles on an omnivorous diet. But never mind that. Um, and even though maybe some some of them maybe have uh, somehow managed to uh, work on their nutrition hard enough to defy nature hard enough. And uh, maybe they've built some muscle um being i don't think anyone's been purely vegan their whole life really i mean even if if you think about the fact that as a developing fetus you are being fed animal products naturally because you're getting food from your mom and your mom is feeding you any food from your mom is i mean i actually have to look at the actual process to make sure i'm not saying something very inaccurate but you know what i mean yeah we get food from animals from conception (laughs) that's what i say and i assert that jen says michael friendly debate is healthy yes i am trying to be friendly about it i i I get upset but um i'm against the agenda but not people who might be blinded by the agenda i'm against the the agenda setters the people setting the agenda because I think they are liars, outright liars, making everyone else think that they're defending a truth that isn't there. And that's criminal, because you see what happens. Children get hurt. Adults get hurt. Our pets get hurt. Our wildlife gets hurt. Our livestock gets sick. All right going to be wrapping it up soon, um, I think, but Jen has some advice for Carl. Um, she says, it's hard to say uh, I would seek out functional nutri- uh, functional nutritional counselor. That sounds like good specific advice. So I would say, so, okay, and oh, she's in class to be certified. Good. Awesome. I was going to ask what the classes were that you mentioned earlier. I would look at your water intake current diagnoses, labs, uh, and uh, current meds, if any. Yeah, a lot of factors to look at. Thank you, Jen, and uh, I'm glad you're studying. We need more like you out there informing people properly. Lisa suggests adding in more eggs and seafood. Now, 
some people are sensitive to eggs. That's me or seafood. That's a lot of other people. Luckily, I can eat seafood and I do lots of it. If I can, you know, not not all the time, but when I'm in the mood for it, I, I usually eat a lot of it. <laughs> um, but if you can eat eggs and seafood, I hope that those help. If uh, I would also look at your, wow, okay. I was about to say electrolytes and look at Val chipping in with probably already having electrolytes deficiency. Yes, look at your electrolytes. That often helps a lot. I mean, the, they do affect all these things. So um, your potassium, your sodium, potassium, and magnesium. I have been supplementing uh, with all of those, mostly through my water. I'll put in, uh, I, I get these fasting salts from Amazon, and uh, I know Amazon, but uh, it's hard to find these pure fasting salts anywhere else. Um, maybe I'll pull that up just to show because electrolytes are so important and uh, let's see fasting salts that's what I order fasting salts sodium potassium and magnesium and it seems to be treating me very well it's pure no flavorings no nothing's added just electrolyte salts so, I hope that helps. I do recommend looking at your electrolytes. All of yous. All of yous. If you're ignoring electrolytes, don't do what I did. You'll be feeling even better than you are now. If you're feeling great now, you might even, you could be feeling even better, I think. So, thank you, Val. I wholeheartedly agree. This is more of a problem for people who are keto, mind you, because on a ketogenic diet, you tend to. Uh, shed more of those uh, or you, you drain more of those ele electrolytes or you lose more of the electrolytes more quickly and Jen says uh, not just that Michael getting uh, blood from yes 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 so um, infants are also getting blood from from their mom of course uh, when I was talking about you know the developing fetuses Speaking of which, I have a friend who's going to burst any minute now. I can't wait. I can't wait for her to give birth to her baby daughter. I'm so excited for them. It's been a long time coming. And uh, this baby may share my birthday. We don't know. But my birthday's in a, really in a few days. It's in less than a week. Less than a week, you guys. Next Tuesday. So I will be with you at that time. Um... It's going to be earlier because I have dinner at a steakhouse with my dad. But <laughs> uh, Jen is saying, oh, wait, Lisa said, um, I only suggested it because some people can take can out oh, the eggs and uh, seafood. She suggested um, to help maybe with the heart palpitations, etc. Uh, people can not take in solely red meats. Some people can uh, not take in solely red meats in large amounts. Interesting. My sister, for instance, cannot eat red meat. Weird, but it happens to some. I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> red meat is so awesome. But um, yeah, if it, if you say, if you even if you get a tick bite, some people get, you know, the Lone Star tick bite and will for a time at least be unable to eat red meat. But um, I guess some people, it's just a, uh, 
some I think yeah, some of it's just how you're born. We're born different ways. Could happen, yeah. I'm just sorry to hear that because I think everyone deserves red meat. Um, Jen says, agree, and if meat bothers you, could be protein causing short-term water influx into bloodstream. Interesting. But then it increases urine output, a diuretic effect. Um, okay, yes, if keto, carnivore, need uh, need uh, three to four... Um, Three three to four what kilogram, where was three, three to four k, m, uh, mg. So I I'm not sure how to read that, um, but uh yeah I mean we do need sodium, uh and thank you for recommending it. I agree. I think we all agree on that. Um, well. Uh, thank you so much for joining me, everyone. I think I'm gonna wrap it up here um let's see jen says i'll have to find specifics about it but dr robert lustig another one of the people that i've listened to many times in podcasts and such um, i don't know if he's carnivore but um i think his advice is carnivore friendly for sure uh, or at least keto says it's the heme and ferritin in red meat then that can cause an issue okay the heme and ferritin in red meat can cause an issue for some people. I feel like a lot of that might be due to damage that we've done to ourselves over the years. Like, I think I should be able to eat eggs and, uh, what else am I sensitive? I think I should definitely be able to eat eggs, but uh, I think I've just done too much damage to my body over the years, especially my gut, right? So... Hopefully someday I'll heal enough and be able to eat eggs again, bird eggs at least, because I do eat a lot of fish eggs when I can get my hands on them, especially salmon roe. Salmon roe was my favorite. Couldn't find it last time, but they did have $100 regular caviar. Yeah. Thanks, Whole Foods. <laughs> okay, so um, Jen was recommending... Uh, Three to uh, four thousand. Okay, thank you. Three, uh, three to four thousand milligrams of sodium. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's true. I haven't. I don't really do a lot of measuring, and I, I'm not, uh, you know, as much of an expert as Jen is, or is becoming. But thank you, Jen, and thank you for the clarification. Lisa says. For my sister, it started with her first pregnancy. She makes up for it with seafood, chicken, and lots of pork. Ah, I see. That her, her inability to eat the red meat. And it started with her first pre Again, so things happen. And uh, I don't know what happened during the pregnancy that would cause that, but apparently she was able to eat red meat until something happened. Uh, so... And Carl is, is saying, thank you for your thoughts. Yes, thank you for sharing your thoughts in the chat. I mean, this is great. Like, I, like we've been saying, this is a community and it's wonderful. All right. Well, thank you once again for joining me. I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, there are more of you than uh, have been in the past couple of nights. Thank you for joining me, even, even if you're not saying anything. I'm, I, I see you. You're out there and I appreciate it. 
And um, I hope this has been entertaining, informative, all the above. Uh, And I will be back again tomorrow with more meat news. And um, I'm (laughs) trying to be earlier with these things and uh, maybe try to keep it a little more um, on point. (laughs) I tend to go off on so many tangents, and that's why I'm choosing fewer articles, but I I can't seem to help myself. We're we're already past two hours, just past two hours. But, uh, hey, Jordan, thank you. And Z8, yes, I do know about the ticks that cause allergies to red meat. I just mentioned them, actually, uh, the the Lone Star tick. So if you uh, rewind a bit, you can see me talk about that. Um, Jen says... uh, Insulin, uh, it's insulin that tells the kidneys to retain sodium. Interesting. See, more reason. there are reasons behind things, uh, per Dr. Jason Fung. Great resource for learning about so much, Dr. Jason Fung. And um, I learned about fasting through him. Yeah, fasting expert and renal doc. Uh, Get insulin down and we lose a lot of sodium. Very interesting. Lisa says, good night to you all so that's for everyone i'm gonna include anybody who's listening to that if you don't mind lisa um listening in the future (laughs) and thank you for thank you michael for bringing us together again well thank you and jen says thanks so much michael very thought-provoking i'm glad thank you tangents are not always a bad thing like brainstorming really yeah hey the whole point is to use these as talking points you know the articles are one thing but the point is we want to make sure we're promoting natural health and while i'm at it i'm also promoting liberty (laughs) with a capital l all right that's gonna be it i'll see you tomorrow night or tomorrow even afternoon or evening we'll see how early i can get up but uh, since it's not as late as it usually is i should be able to do a little better so we'll see Thanks very much. I look forward to it and I'll see you again tomorrow.